Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jets podcast on 247sports.com. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Rick Lachlan is trying to get in, and uh, we will uh, have Mr. Lachlan on very, very soon as we uh, go ahead and talk about, of course, uh, once again, uh, the new general manager of the New York Jets in Joe Douglas. And once again, Joe Douglas uh, coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles as vice president of player personnel. So, you know, hopefully uh, uh, we'll have Rick Lachlan on. It's a connection issue, and uh, and hopefully uh, we'll have him on ready to go, and uh, we'll talk about the Jets as we uh, go ahead and uh, talk about what we're going to see here. And so far at the moment, um, we'll just have to wait and see what the situation will be uh, going forward. So far, to me, seems like a nice person. Seems like a guy that's ready to go and uh, ready to move forward. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see what the situation is with the Jets going forward here with Joe Douglas. And we'll take a look and see what see what what it is. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden. Um, we have a situation where for the Jets, maybe it is going to be a good thing. Maybe it is going to be a solid thing. Maybe it's finally going to be um, a situation where for the Jets, uh, that they're finally going to have some continuity now with general manager and head coach. Um, maybe, maybe we'll finally get, uh, you know, these two men that know each other. And, you know, if they're on the same page as everything, then you know what, that, why not? Even though, and all I can tell you is this. Is that for the Jets, The, the Jets are just, uh, you know, needing of not so much. It's just direction uh, from the head coach, but but still, though, um, Rick Lachlan trying to call in is having some issues here um, with the show, and uh, hopefully, uh, here's what we're gonna do, folks. Let me just. Pause it, and we'll be right back. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. We're going to pause the show, and then... And just hold on one minute. As we're going to try and get Rick through different means if necessary... And uh, we're going to call Rick Lachlan now through a different way of communication here as uh, we're going to try and get him through the regular phone. Let's see here if we can get Rick on through speakerphone and uh, we can talk about this. 
And maybe, just maybe, we can get him on here. How's it going? All right. It's going okay. So we have you on the regular phone while uh, I've uh, taken off the headset. So uh, we can go ahead and talk about uh, what we wanted to talk about here, Rick. And that's, of course, Joe Douglas as general manager of the New York Jets. Um, So what are your initial thoughts, if you don't mind me asking, about this hiring since you weren't able to get on the show last time? Well, Daniel, I, th- I thought you were going to ask you about Le'Veon Bell's girlfriend no. and uh, that that report, but no, I think we've gotten past that. So, look, I know, uh, again, of course, not able to go on last week's show. Joe Douglas, I have a very good – I think you and I are on the same wave- wavelength in this regard. I have a very good feeling about Joe Douglas. I think that, look, the way things transpired, I think every Jet fan wanted to see – Mike McCagnan, along with Todd Bowles, canned at the end of the season. The Jets should have made a clean break to prepare for the draft with their new GM alongside Adam Gase. But for whatever reason, Christopher Johnson felt like he could make that relationship between McCagnan and and, uh, Adam Gase work, given the fact that McCagnan was instrumental in Gase's hiring. So, again, three short months later, not even. You have a change in general manager, and frankly, you know, this this is done in an unorthodox fashion where you really have the head coach picking the GM, whereas opposed to normally you have a general manager who's in the higher-up, who's hired by the owner, and then the general manager therein hires the head coach. So it's a little bit of an unconventional setup. I'm not going to say it won't work, but I think at the very least, for the first time in a long time, you have a Jets front office a head coach that have a shared vision for the team. I think they're like-minded individuals. Joe Douglas, of course, getting to know Adam Gase during their days uh, with the Chicago Bears. So I think that, again, this this has a, a recipe for success written all over it. I, I'm not as convinced from the coaching staff side of things where I think things are a little more volatile with Greg Williams and Joe Vitt and even Greg Williams and Adam Gase. I think that I see a good working relationship between Adam Gase and Joe Douglas, which is something we couldn't couldn't be said for the working relationship between Mike McCagnan and Adam Gase, so that's for sure. Well, you know, I, I will say this. Um, like I've said before, we had you, we finally got you connected in. Um, I, I think now we have uh, a head coach and a general manager that's finally on the same page with each other. Um, mm-hmm. The way that it happened, uh, you know, the firing of McCagnan was not the best thing in the world, but still, though, you know, now we're seeing what the Houston Texans did. They fired their general manager. I guess he was um, also not really doing well after one year. And to see, uh, um, you know, Christopher Johnson and, let's be honest as well, Adam Gaze making these bold moves to bring in a new general manager in the middle of the offseason, it's a bold move to do so. And to see uh, what this man has done so far, has done the circuit now with uh, WFAN and, my, you know, ESPN New York and talking about what he's going to try and do and who he learned under and while, okay, it's only been a year, I don't think it's like a true partnership, but I mean, if they both know each other pretty good and they keep in touch with each other, you know, they're, you know, when they were separately at different teams in the NFL, then, you know, look, if this is going to be a working, uh, a working uh, thing, then you know what, then by all means, a switch had to be made and I'm happy to see the Jets actually moving on forward and, you know, hopefully we can get down to what's more important now. Um, checking out the roster, OTAs, now mandatory OTAs are done. Uh, another round of OTAs, which are, you know, voluntary. But still, though, we get to training camp in end of July and spring training, excuse me, uh, training games, exhibition games in August before the regular season begins in September. And that's the most important. Oops. 
that's the most important thing right now, Rick, is that, you know, the games and these preseason games that truly matter in the scheme of continuity, chemistry, chemistry between the players and the coaching staff to see what this coaching staff truly has in store for the 2019 season. Yeah, and again, I think that's the key point is the fact that you finally have a general manager and a head coach that share the same vision because, look, the Jets, how many times have tried to squeeze a square peg into a round hole and it just doesn't work? So reading up on Joe Douglas, obviously his experience with the Chicago Bears, being the head of pro personnel for the Philadelphia Eagles, that title team that they built there in Philadelphia, an impressive resume as the Jets could ask for. And again, you know, I think that when you talk about the New York Jets and their draft history, their history of general managers, it's been certainly a bumpy road to say the least. So I think Joe Douglas, he's a guy, you know, around the same age as Adam Gase, both in their early forties, have plenty of head coaching experience, but also plenty of time ahead of them uh, to develop into a great coach and to a great general manager. So I think that Christopher Johnson, as long as he can stay out of the, out of the mix, allow these two gentlemen to do their job to the best of their abilities and not pretend like he's a football man when he's not a football man. I think this could have the makings of a Jets team that's finally on the upswing and finally looking towards a playoff spot. But again, you know, the only concern I have with this is that the Jets should have made a clean break before the draft, before Mike McCagnan was involved in that draft process, because now, no matter what goes wrong this year, Adam Gase, look, if the Jets, let's say they go 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, Adam Gase is already going to have a built-in excuse and say, well, look, these weren't the players I wanted to, to draft. Uh, we, I didn't want to sign Le'Veon Bell for the price tag that Mike McCagnan gave him, and he's going to have a built-in excuse basically a year where the, it's a lost year. Not, not to say that the Jets aren't going to try to make the playoffs, but Adam Gase is already going to have uh, an excuse built in, as will Joe Douglas because he's inheriting a team post-draft post-free agency and, and trying to do as best he can with the roster that was handed to him. So in a lot of ways, the Jets would have been better served to make this move uh, back in, of course, January, the, the early part of the, uh, you know, the off-season period. But by waiting now, uh, it's bought certainly the head coach and Adam Gase more time, and it's given Joe Douglas an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, get his feet wet, so to speak, and, and get entrenched in the New York, uh, in his office before, you know, he's going to start to have an answer to critics that this Jets team doesn't meet or exceed any type of expectation. Now, I think that's the one thing we have to look at, Rick, is if there is going to be a, uh, a backdrop on this, and if certain things are not going to go the Jets' way in 2019, that will be an excuse. And, you know, you know, will the New York <laughs> pardon me, will the New York media accept that excuse? Um, you know, does that mean for Adam Gaze, uh, you know, does that get him off the hook? Personally, I don't think so. I don't think it gets him off the hook. I think that puts him in deeper water, but in hot water as as well. But we'll see what happens moving forward. But one thing that Joe Douglas has done, I guess he solidified his uh, front office staff. Uh, that six year deal. Right now, he's hired Rex Hogan as his assistant general manager. He's uh, hired Chad Alexander as director of player personnel, and Phil Savage as a senior football advisor. Um, and Douglas also promoted Greg uh, Namath, N-E-J-M-E-H, to director of pro personnel. Uh, Dan, Zib- if I can pronounce his name correctly, Zbojovsky to director of pl- uh, personnel operations. And 
Kevin Murphy to assistant director of pro scouting, and he's also added Chris Nolan to the staff as a college scout. Um, and the quote from uh, Joe Douglas is, I'm excited to add these four talented men to our group. They'll help us find the right players as we continue to develop our culture. You need to build depth in an organization at all spots, and that includes the front office. Greg, Dan, and Kevin are bright football minds who I'm happy to work alongside. We have a lot of good people here, and this is only going to help us collectively move forward. Now, if he feels comfortable with these people, you know, good for him. But as they always say in this business in the NFL, proof is in the pudding. We have to see what these people can do during an offseason, and then once this regular season is done with, whether they make the playoffs or not, we need to see what they're going to do in the offseason for free agent frenzy and scouting for the, the 2020 draft because we really need to see uh, what Joe Douglas and his staff will be able to do and what they're capable of doing to put the Jets in a positive spin and at the same time in a positive position where 2020 season, that, that could be the year of growth or having more growth depending on what happens this year. And anytime the Jets have a nameth on their staff, I'm okay with it. Whether it's an ATH, ETH, that's good karma right there. So I'm happy to see each part of that staff that Joe Douglas has assembled. And look, you saw with Joe Douglas, of course, in the city situation in the city of Philadelphia with Carson Wentz having drafted him. Having an adequate backup in Nick Foles and seeing how he was able to kind of take the mantle and the, and the Eagles team that dominated for much of that season uh, back in 2017, I guess it was, um, how he built this built the team for depth. He built them for to be able to sustain injuries, and you can make the argument that that Eagles team uh, from top to bottom was one of the most talented, deepest teams in the NFL that year, and that was a major reason why they stayed afloat. Uh, many teams, once Carson Wentz went down against the Los Angeles Rams right in the season, they wrote them off and said they're no longer going to be uh, favorites to come out of the NFC. And, of course, uh, we know that magical run that Nick Foles took that team on. So I think Joe Douglas, he has a keen eye for personnel. He's a bit of a throwback, too, from what I'm hearing, is he still believes that the, the game of football is won in the battle of the trenches. He's not uh, a Jerry Reese type, how he was in, in New York with the Giants, how he's going to fall in love with the, the diva wide receiver or the flashy running back. He really wants this team to be built with the guys that bring their lunch pails to work and the hard hats. The, in the trenches, fortifying this offensive line, finding defensive linemen, finding some depth along this defensive line. The Jets have some good front-line players, but they certainly don't have a, a solid rotation to be able to fill guys in. So I think that's going to be a lot of Joe Douglas's focus is to rebuild both the offensive and defensive lines, which has been an issue for the for the Jets for so many years. The Giants, of course, their crosstown, uh, you know, NFC counterparts have had issues on both lines as well. But nonetheless, I like the idea of bringing Joe Douglas, who, again, he's not this new age general manager that's going to try to bring in the skilled positions and, and try to build around uh, one star player. He understands that the, the some of the parts, uh, is, you know, make up the whole, and it's going to be greater than the whole of, of one player. So I think ultimately the Jets, I think they have a great candidate. I think that, again, he's going to be judged not only on this year but the next couple of years. And that was one of the holdups in his contract was basically he pushing for more years. And the Jets, they were at a bit of a standstill. They eventually agreed to the six-year deal. And I think this is important for Joe Douglas to make that long-term investment in the franchise because if he signed a two- or three-year deal and you look at year one where it's not even his roster, it's going to be pretty hard to evaluate the job he's done in New York. So I think from both sides of it, 
I think a six-year deal makes a heck of a lot of sense. But you, you just got to hope if you're a Jet fan. And Adam Gase, he does he does well. He excels, and he stays beyond this year. Because again, Daniel, I really do think if this Jet team they finish out of the playoff spot, they they are not even in contention. They're basically uh, you know uh, on the back pages. I think that Adam Gase, just after one year, you're already going to start to hear the the clamoring for him to be fired. So uh, I I would argue that Adam Gase is the guy on the hot seat far before Joe Douglas will be. I agree with you there. And let me say this about Joe Douglas as well. I I think sometimes we forget in this new era of the NFL that, you know, old school is the real school. And that is it has to be one in the trenches. Now, you can always have a great quarterback with a great arm. Uh, you know, some guile getting out of the pocket when he feels he's got nothing in front of him and he has to run around a little bit to get a better play going or, or create a broken play to get positive yardage. But as always, it is in the trenches. And, you know, I think sometimes we forget about that. And with Joe Douglas running uh, the Jets, hopefully the way that he wants it done, you know, the offensive line, the defensive line, those are the two lines the Jets need to fix which, of course, the defensive line looks like it has been fixed, but the offensive line, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what we're going to see from that offensive line. I don't know if they're fully fixed. There might be a hole or two still remaining, but still, I, I truly believe what Joe Douglas is saying. You've got to battle through the trenches. How else are you going to run that ball? How else are you going to find a way to keep your quarterback upright? How are you going to find a way to make sure the pocket does not collapse? You've got to battle through those trenches, whether it's the offensive line protecting the quarterback or it's the Jets' defensive line going after the opposition's quarterback. That has always been and will always will be how you win or lose games in the NFL. Because if you're not going to have a solid offensive line holding back that defense, you're not going to have a defense that's going to go after the quarterback, then you're going to be dead in the water, and you're never, ever going to find a way to either win consistently, make the playoffs each and every year and of course going into that Super Bowl final and hopefully finally winning that Lombardi trophy that has eluded this New York Jet team uh, since Super Bowl 3 which was of course 50 years ago It's funny because Joe Douglas you mentioned some of those hirings three of those hirings were actually brought over from Baltimore where Joe Douglas of course he was he was mentored by the former GM of Baltimore, Ozzie Newsom, who, of course, won two Super Bowls with the Ravens, is very highly regarded in NFL circles. And the three uh, people he brought over from that Ravens front office, as you mentioned, Chad Alexander, the director of play personnel, was with him in Baltimore, Phil Savage, who was the senior football advisor, and Chris Nolan, they were all part of that Ravens staff uh, that Joe Douglas was on. Uh, for about uh, four, for 14 years, from the year 2000 to 2014, with the Ravens, of course, winning the Super Bowl in 2000, I believe 2012, over the San Francisco 49ers. So, you know, th- this is a general manager that you look at him, you know, only in his early 40s, uh, young as far as front office uh, personnel is, is concerned, but he has 14 years of experience working in a front office on a, under one of arguably, you could say, the five or ten best general managers to ever to ever, you know, set foot in the NFL, that being Ozzie Newsom. So he has a wealth of experience to fall back on. He's been surrounded by, uh, you know, Newsom was a Hall of Fame player. I expect potentially as an executive for him to be accepted as an executive as well. So I, I feel good about the tiring from a lot of different standpoints. Again, we talked about the new school era in the NFL. 
and the fact that Joe, Joe Douglas kinda has that old-school mentality, I think he saw basically through that the Baltimore Ravens teams that were built on and that was largely successful for them for how many years, and even up to the end of his tenure in 2014, that was their calling card, and it still showed that there was a place for success uh, in the with the physicality. So, again, I'm excited for this brand of Jets football will be. One of the challenges is going to be taking this existing roster and kind of trying to shape it into the vision that Adam Gase and Joe Douglas have for this team. And I just don't see at this point with, obviously, minicamp and training camp soon to open, the Jets, uh, the roster is what it is. So they're going to have to do some creative maneuvering to try to find some talented players along that offensive defensive line to bring that physicality and toughness that I think Joe Douglas and Adam Gase are looking for. And joining us right now uh, on the 24-7 Sports Jets podcast, of course, Michael Cohen, uh, who also writes for uh, the Jets page on 24-7 Sports. Michael, go ahead. Yes, I just want to let you know that uh, Mickey Callaway has been fired and Tom Lasorda is going to take over. No one can. <laughs> Wrong sport. Yep. But go ahead, right. Michael. Oh, is that it? Okay, so Michael Cohen, uh, Michael Cohen, uh, once again, giving us, uh, you know, the wrong sport, but, um, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, for Met fans that care, whatever. We'll see what happens. But right now we're talking about the Jets here, and and, and right now it's more about the Jets. Than um, than what uh, we are going to talk about, and um, you know, once again, uh, once once again, Rick, uh, this is a situation where the Jets must, uh, you know, get everything done the right way. Yeah, I mean, and again, they, it took them how many years to figure out this formula for success? And it's keeping your head in the right direction. You know, I think that when you look at how this Jet team is built, there's certainly a lot left to be desired on the defensive side of the ball. I think that Leonard Williams has to take a major step forward. This is going to be a critical season for Joe Douglas to evaluate whether this is a guy that, that can be a franchise building block. And to this point in his career has been somewhat of a disappointment. I mean, again, he hasn't had the sack totals to back things up. He's not exactly a speed rusher. He does a lot from a run defense and a pass defense standpoint. But I think he's all, all under and huh. The Jets have seen far too many times. We, we talked about Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, a lot of these defensive linemen that have high hopes for and then they burn out. Uh, you would just only hope that uh, that this player does not have that type of issue because he has not shown Leonard Williams to have any off-the-field problems. So he's avoided the Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson route. But as far as performance is concerned, he has not been up to snuff. So I think that Joe Douglas is going to take a hard look at this roster and ultimately, again, the way the season plays out, I think even if the Jets do make the playoffs, I think you're going to see significant changes from this upcoming season to the following season because Joe Douglas's fingerprints are going to be all over that roster. And, again, we have a lot of holdovers from Mike McCagnett's way of thinking. There was a lot of banging the table we heard in the, in the draft room and during free agency between – Adam Gase banging heads with Mike McCagnin and ultimately McCagnin having the final say over the roster was, you know, what brought Le'Veon Bell here was what maybe precipitated a number of other moves that were made. So 
ultimately, again, it's kind of a unique situation because Joe Douglas is inheriting a team that he can't, can't necessarily call his own, but he's going to be the most, uh, the most he can do with the current roster. And I think this Jets team, the expectation is to be better than 4-12, and to try to get around uh, 500, maybe 7 or 8 wins, or at the very least, I think the minimal expectation for the fan base is entering week 16 and 17. The Jets at least have an opportunity to compete for a playoff spot. I think that's the, the least you could ask for now with a new head coach that's talking of the game, with a top general manager, and with a second-year quarterback in Sam Darnold. It looks like he's going to take that next major step forward and, and be a guy that could potentially lead this team to a playoff spot. Yep, absolutely, Rick. And that's the one thing we're looking at here for the Jets. You know, Everything has to improve. Everything must improve. Everything has to improve to make this Jets team look credible. I already know, and if you've been listening to WFAN, of course, Joe Beningo, Evan Roberts, they're already screaming, you know what, they just want a, they want a title now. That's all that matters now, win a championship. And I'm not saying, you know, that's not the main reason here. That is one of the main reasons. That is the ultimate reason why we want to see the Jets win a, a championship, to finally have some continuity, to finally have some chemistry, and that both general manager and head coach are on the same page. Because if they're not on the same page, then everything has basically fallen apart, and this was basically a power grab from Adam Gase that, once again, you know, you can fall back into the same old category of same old Jets. Only it's done differently because of the way that Christopher Johnson has things set up. It's a situation, once again, where the New York Jets must, and we really stress this, they must make sure that that all their ducks are lined up in a row. Everything is done together at the same page by both men. Because if one of them is going to falter, someone's going to get fired. And, you know... In the court of public opinion, the firing is going to start either in the middle of the year or towards the end of the year because no one wants to see stupidity continue and hang around like it has the last 10, 15, 20 years. Right, Rick? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm a listener of WFN. I've been a fan of the Joe and Evan show for a number of years, really, since its inception. But I'll say this. I mean, Joe Beningo is a long disgruntled Jet fan, an old-time Jet fan. He said he's approaching 70 years old. He's nearing retirement. He's just fed up with the losing. And I understand that mentality. I understand as a diehard, loyal Jet fan for over 50 years why he's getting growing impatient that this team getting close and just not getting over the hump. But my, my advice to, to Joe Beningo, whether he's listening, whether he's probably not, and to fellow Jet fans, is you have to, and I don't want to steal the Philadelphia 76ers line, but it's true. You have to trust the process. You have to take a baby. You have to crawl before you walk. And if the Jets are planning to put the cart in front of the horse here and try to basically, uh, you know, steal a, a championship and, and try not to build the team the right way, it's going to backfire on them. They've tried that time and time again by basically neglecting key spots on the team and trying to bring in high-priced free agents to to put a Band-Aid on things and, and try to give the team a facelift, and it just doesn't work. It's football. It's the ultimate team sport. You'd understand in the NBA if you add a, a star like LeBron James or Anthony Davis, changes the whole complexion of your team. That's not the case of the NFL. This is a team-based sport. If one guy doesn't do his job, uh, everyone looks foolish on a play. So they, they need the most competent 11 guys on offense, 
11 guys on defense that can do the job right. And ultimately, again, I can understand why Jet fans, especially Beningo, is frustrated. But ultimately, this you know championships aren't won overnight, and this has been a long building process for the Jets to get to the point where they are, where they can now say at least they can be in the mix to try to compete for a playoff spot, not make the playoffs, but at least compete for a playoff spot. And the reason that they're in this position is because they've slowly but surely built this roster to a respectable level. And if you know, again, if they're going to just try to accelerate this process and skip steps to try to get to a championship. Uh, I'm telling you, we've seen it before, and it'll happen again. It'll backfire them, and they'll, it'll set the Jets back another five years, which I'm sure you, me, Daniel, out there will not be happy about whatsoever. No, we won't be. And, you know, look, it's about time that this, uh, that this Jet team finally gets back into the promised land. It's about time that this Jet team goes out there and finds a way to go out and get on a run and go win a Super Bowl. You know, you know, look, the, the last two years, you know, we didn't really worry about it because why? Because we felt that it's a rebuilding year and they are rebuilding. Should they have won some games? Of course, they should have won some games uh, the last two years. They had some games that they should have had uh, under their belt already. There, should, there was like two games or maybe a, a couple of moments where they shouldn't have lost it. But unfortunately, they did. Why? It's very simple. Because they have not done the job because they were in a rebuild mode. And once the rebuilding is done, and hopefully this rebuilding has, you know, this is the year that the rebuilding is done, then we can finally see this Jet team doing something great. I understand there's frustration. I understand that there's a problem. But once again, Rick, the situation is really plain and simple. God trust the process. If this is the year that we're no longer talking about rebuilding the Jets, then we're going to go to the playoffs. The hope on you, me, and every other Jet fan that's out there in the New York City, Tri-State area, and around the country. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Jets podcast off-season uh, show on 247sports.com. Uh, once again, the New York Jets, they did uh, hire Joe Douglas. We talked about him and the possibilities of a positive tenure with him and uh, head coach Adam Gase. And let's see what happens there. And the next time we talk to you guys, hopefully it'll be uh, for the preseason stuff and training camp. So for Rick Lachlan, this is Daniel Feuerstein. This has been the Jets podcast on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take care and bye-bye for now.